0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Let me kind of start out with a little bit of a story. I had a client come in who was literally in tears one day, and she was faced with taking care of her aging father, who had the early stages of Alzheimer's. And, you know, Alzheimer's is just a a horrible, horrible disease, Uh, and everything had changed for her. Uh, Her father moved in. She had to quit her job uh, in order to provide the high level of care that was required, And uh, life basically started to revolve around his care. Now, while she was very happy to have the opportunity to give back to him, it also was something that she started to begin to feel that she was kind of losing her identity and kind of frazzled by all the loose ends. So we were able to help her get a handle on all the financial side of things, get more organized, and then connect her up with a lot of resources that could help lighten that load both financially and emotionally. So when once we had that experience, it made me realize just how much of an impact dealing with aging parents and their finances can have on someone's life. And so we wanted to wrap some good resources and education around it. I'm happy that we have Amy McFarland with us this morning. And um, Amy has had some experience with taking care of her own mother. So share with us your experiences with that, Amy.
0: Well, I think that the losing your identity is um, something that can happen. Um, You feel an obligation that's hard to explain, and yet you also feel a respect for their privacy. So it's a Mm push-pull kind of relationship. And I was curious, Mary, um, when you're trying to figure out someone else's finances, it's tough. And yes, how do you go about that? I'm I'm not going to share mine because we did not do it correctly. (laughs) It took us probably much longer than
1: it should have. Well, that, that's definitely the thing. It can take a while. The, the, I guess the first piece of advice that I have is it's a really good idea to appoint one person as the primary financial decision maker when your parents start to need help. Um, and so whether that's somebody who's close geographically or whether that's somebody who's far away geographically and the person who's close is actually helping with the actual physical care of a parent, that the, the two things don't have to be mutually exclusive, but having That's, one person in charge of those decisions, I think, is extremely important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, have you ever heard of this um, thing called a pelican sibling? You know, I have actually
0: <laughs> heard of that, and it—I'll let you use your own explanation. But you know, it basically talks about many, many children um, or adult children have a situation where one child may live in the same town as their parent, their Mm -hmm. hometown possibly, and then you might have siblings that live not in the same town, and there can often be a little bit of a conflict between what is the best care for that parent, and everyone loves the parent the same, but everyone has different priorities that Mm -hmm. they want to see that parent have.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And sometimes the people who are closer geographically have a little bit of a different uh, bird's eye view into the situation, and that's helped form decisions. But a pelican sibling is kind of the the nickname for kids who don't live near the parent and don't live near the person who's caring for that parent. They fly in for a visit, they make a mess of everything, and then they fly (laughs) back out. (laughs) So that's why they're called the pelican siblings. And, you know, what happens is that they don't really always know the day-to-day situations but what they're trying to do is help you know they're, they're they're looking at something and maybe they've they've come in after a while and they're shocked by the level of deterioration in a parent's health or something like that and and have an emotional response to that but it tends to upset the situation that the caregiver has worked so hard to set up
0: and yes and I will say <clears throat> oftentimes it's best if there is one person that is kind of the head of the Mm -hmm. caregiving amongst the siblings and everyone else chimes in. Because those feelings of guilt that you're not doing enough
1: for your parents can sometimes cloud your judgment. Absolutely. Right. So, okay, so step number one is determining who's going to be that primary financial caregiver and make some of those decisions. And if there's going to be someone different or if it'll be the same person to be the actual physical caregiver um, or make sure you're the person making those decisions for your parents in terms of living situation and health care and things like that. The second thing really, though, to wrap your arms around the financial side of helping your aging parents is to organize the cash flow. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when you start kind of looking at somebody else's finances, it can be difficult to figure out what's going on. And so, um, and the other thing is oftentimes an aging parent has not kept up with their record keeping very well. They haven't been paying all their bills or there's, you know, bills stuffed in the cookie jar and you don't necessarily know where everything is or how to wrap your hands around it. So your first strategy really should be to organize their cash flow with two very specific tools. Number one, you have to figure out what their cash flow budget looks like. And number two, you have to develop a good bill pay system. So if you're in charge of um, your parents' finances all of a sudden, then here's some things to think about. The budget itself will include all of the incoming sources of income, so everything that is coming in from social security, to pensions, to investment income or whatever it is. And it's also going to include all of the outgoing normal expenses. Now, normal expenses are going to be your day-to-day things like your, you know, if there's a apartment rent payment or a mortgage payment or if there's utilities to pay. Health insurance premiums to pay things like that. And then you also have to start to try to wrap your arms around some of the expenses that they might have that are abnormal. So, medical bills that are backlogged, um, nursing home insurance bills that get paid, you know, once a year, things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you can begin to wrap your arms around the outgoing expenses and then pair them up with the incoming, once you know those two things, you're going to know if there's an income gap. And an income gap means that there's just not enough income to cover all those expenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you find that there's an income gap, then that's where you have to start looking at your parents' expense, your in, parents' investments to see if there's something that needs to be pulled out of there to help cover that gap. So, Amy, when you were working with your mother, did you have to take over some of her finances and bill paying and things like that?
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, another component, uh, if you're taking care of a parent, it's very likely it's because they have some dementia or some memory loss. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're just, not only do they not remember, they don't really care. And you really have to take on this sense of... Day to day, watching not only your own finances but theirs, and um, I remember us trying to figure out if my when my dad had passed if there was a uh, life insurance policy, and we're going through records, and we're on the phone, and it just it's it's difficult. I remember taking her to banks to get her her bank accounts consolidated, even moving from two people on an account to one. Mm-hmm. They don't really understand. You're, you're trying to do the best thing for them. But it's, it's a lot that you hadn't thought about. And again, that feeling uh, that it is private. Um, I never even knew what my parents' mortgage payments were. I didn't know... Anything about them, uh-huh. and it's it's a big transition, right?
1: Well, and that privacy thing is kind of interesting too, because one of the things that tends to happen is if if there's people who are married to each other, and one of them is starting to exhibit signs of dementia or Alzheimer's, oftentimes the other spouse will tend to cover that up. Yes, that's right. And so you don't really know that it's gotten as bad as it's gotten because they're covering for them, and and that's part of the you know the marital union. They want to take care of each other to the mm-hmm. best of their ability and mm-hmm. don't want to embarrass the other spouse. That's right. So sometimes that privacy gets to the point where it can be detrimental to the finances if nobody's really, you know, watching what's going on. So, okay, so one of the other things that you're going to want to do in your organizational part is really establish a bill pay system. And the bill pay system will help regulate and automate payments to make sure that the important bills don't get missed. And that's one of the the things that we see most often with aging parents is that they forget to pay a bill or maybe they, especially in nursing home insurance, Mm -hmm. they've paid these premiums all these years and then they kind of forget to pay one and all of a sudden their coverage is gone. That's so true. The good thing about some of the nursing home insurance policies now is they have a... um, a contact person that people have listed on there now if somebody doesn't pay their bill the insurance company is supposed to reach out to someone else and say hey did you know they missed their bill payment Oh, so that's kind of nice but just even for the day to day things if you can get your um if you can get your bill pay system set up i think that's extremely important
0: you know one memory that just came to mind was um out of the clear blue my mom had not been going to church she realized And it triggered something. So she wrote a substantial check to our church. Okay. Didn't ever mention it. And then. It came through and it overdrew her because she, she of course didn't think to tell me sure. and I yeah. didn't know and it, it's those little things because they still have their independence yeah. so she mm-hmm. said oh this is awful I'm gonna write this big check to church make up for her, like oh mom
1: yep no I and then that I'd upsets that. the apple cart a little <laughs> yeah. bit doesn't it
0: let's keep a roster with your
1: checks there yeah. you go good plan Another thing that we want to make sure people understand that they need to do that's so important when you're helping your aging parents is that you really need to record their key information. Um, You're going to need to know a variety of things to help them, not only just Things like their full names, dates of birth, and social security numbers, but you really also want to have a good record of all of their doctor information and their medical information. So, what prescriptions are they using? When do they need to have their next follow ups or checkups or things like that? Because as parents age and start to need help with things, it's not just the actual money side of things that they need help with, it, it's that you step into a full caregiver role. You know, Mary, I have a friend visiting from high school that's in town this week
0: to help her parents out and one of the tips I gave her she's here she's here this week just to take them on doctors visits okay and i said Get a piece of paper, put it on your phone, and write down all their prescriptions because that's the first thing they'll ask, and they won't remember it more Mm -hmm. than likely. Um,
1: Good tip. Very good tip. Keep that in your purse at all (laughs) times. Really what you should do is make copies of all of their information, like their Medicare cards, their Social Security cards, copies of driver's licenses. You want to have copies of all their insurance policies so you know where they are and, and what they cover. Um, you also want to know where their safe deposit key is stored. So a lot of people in the aging demographic right now utilize safe deposit boxes at the bank, and they hide that key in a crazy place. <laughs>
0: so, they do.
1: Yeah. And so you want to know where that is in case you need to get into their safe deposit box for them. Or if it's um, the kind with the safe with
0: the turn. Oh, yeah. It's no, got the password. Yeah, The code. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Um, And the last thing that you want to make sure that you've gathered is computer passwords. So um, a lot of aging parents have stepped into the digital world and they have computers and they have things password protected, as you should. But you want to understand how to get into their information should you need to help them with things. Mm -hmm. So that's some of the key information that's important to record. Really, the next thing then to do is to familiarize yourself with their financial resources. So if your parents have savings and checking accounts, you want to know where they are. If they have investment accounts, you want to know what those are made up of and who their financial advisor is. Um, You want to know if they own stocks, bonds, if they have IRAs, understand how the home is owned and things like that. Um, If your parents have a relationship with a financial advisor, this is a really critical time to go introduce yourself to that advisor. It's really a great idea if you can Mm -hmm. actually schedule an appointment with your parent to go in and talk to the advisor because you really want to understand why your parent has made the decisions they've made with their investments, what the intent is of them, how they work, and so you can begin to understand how they are going to be utilized in the care of your parents going forward. Okay. And if the parent is there, then you, for example, as a
0: financial advisor, can give that information out if the child asks in front of the parent? Is
1: that yes? Okay. If if the parent's there and gives you permission, then you can disclose that information to both of them. But if you're going to want that information without the parent being present, you really need to have a financial power of attorney on file. Okay. And a financial power of attorney is a standby document. It's just something that says that you can handle the financial accounts, the information for your parent. It's like you're there. There right hand stepping in to do that, but nobody is going to be able to release information to you about your parents' accounts unless you have the financial power of attorney on file. So if your parent is exhibiting signs of dementia or Alzheimer's or things like that, it's so important to get into an attorney's office, get that financial power of attorney drawn up so you have those abilities to help when the time comes that you need to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. Super important. Um, okay, so the the part of the reason that I think that this topic is so important is because there are 10 million people out there in the United States adult children older than age 50 who are caring for their aging parents. So there's there's so many people that this information applies to. And there's also something that's kind of funny called the sandwich generation, mm-hmm. which the sandwich generation is people who had children a little bit later in life, and they're often confronted simultaneously with teenagers that they're raising and aging parents that they're taking care of. Stressful time in somebody's yes. life. <laughs> that is exactly me, Mary. Is it? Yep.
0: <laughs> on all three points that had me later in life, the mm-hmm. teenage children, and aging parents.
1: Yeah, and so if, it's tough. If you can, you know, harness the resources that are out there. So let me just review the key points that we've talked about. Number one, it's important to organize the cash flow with budgeting and bill pay systems. Number two, you need to record that key information. Number three, familiarize yourself with the financial resources your parents have. And number four, set up the financial power of attorney. If you can do those four things, you're a long way into having things organized, well set up, and and doing a good job financially helping your parents. And again, we have this Assisting Your Aging Parents seminar, which is all about strategies to help them manage their finances, coming up on April 14th. You can register on our website at... Uh, com, or you can just call our office 605-217-3555 and let us know that you want to come and uh, chock full of information. Mm-hmm. Or give us a call and request this uh, financial toolkit that we've put together for people who are assisting their aging parents. Okay, so I want to spend the rest of the time talking about uh, future living arrangements for your parents. Um, there may come a time when you have to look at transitioning your parents to the next level of care or the next type of housing arrangement. This is often the hardest part of assisting your parents. You have to determine if home health care or an assisted living facility or a nursing home or even maybe hospice is Mm -hmm. the next housing step to take. And um, there's a lot that goes into it. But Amy, tell us a little bit about your experience when you had to move your mother. Well, the first thing I would say is, I
0: didn't understand what assisted living was. There is also independent living, Mary, mm-hmm. um, which possibly can be a better solution if your parent is still fairly active, but maybe they're alone now, maybe they've lost a spouse. But I didn't understand there are certain checklists that they have that will help you determine what level of care your parent needs if you wanna go this route. Okay. And you know, oftentimes you're gonna be dealing with selling their home they're in now, mm-hmm trying to figure out what they need, what they don't need. Uh, It it can be a very sensitive subject between siblings and also between the parent. And it's something I would just say you want to really evaluate the many options out there and enlighten
1: yourself on how things work before you make a decision. Sure. I think that's great advice, Amy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people run into a situation where they don't actually live physically close to their parent, but their parent wants to go into a a housing arrangement that's in the community that they've lived in for their whole lives. And I want
0: to add one more thing that I, when I was working in an assisted living community, one of the things I would give the best advice to a child who's looking at this situation is... Don't look at the place where you feel more comfortable. Look at the place where maybe you see a lot of people, maybe people your parent knows that are already in there. You're looking to get into their world. Yeah. And it, it makes a huge difference if you have a good feel and you see, hey, there's a lot of women my mom's age. There's, oh, there's men in this community. This is this would be good for me. Um just, just my own uh, experience.
1: Well, your own experience is valuable because you've yeah. been through this. Yes, just both like sides. a lot of people are, <laughs> you know, going through this right now. So, um, but for for people who live somewhere other than where their parent is, frequently there are resources that are popping up um, all over the country now, which are um, businesses that will help you move your aging parent. We mm-hmm. even have one um, here in the Siouxland area that we can refer you to. Um, where they can help you move your aging parent. They can go in and clean up or clean out the house. They can take direction on what do you want to have sold, what do you want to go to second-hand stores, what do you want to have an auction for, if anything, what do you just want to move into storage. And so those resources are out there and available. Um, but the... Um, Definitely work with the housing facility to understand the costs and benefits of what the options are. Evaluate several of them so you can see what's out there. Um, All right, so we're going to close for the day, but again, don't uh, forget to sign up for our seminar about assisting your aging parents. And the STERC Financial Team has a very specialized program for caregivers who are assisting aging parents. Our goal really is very simple. We want to help you support your loved one in the best way possible. So give us a call, request this uh, financial toolkit for aging parents, and hopefully it will bring you a lot of value as you go through your own journey.
0: Call us at 605-217-3555 for your free copy of the Aging Parents Financial Toolkit.